0: are now listening to A Single Mama Married Podcast, where women from all walks of life share their intimate life experiences by exposing real-life scandals, deception, agony, and how they found happiness through their adversities. I am your host, Mo McCarty, and this is An Unorth Welcome back. I hope that you guys enjoyed the first half of this episode, but let's get really into it. During the second half, Danny and I talk about his relationship with Surya, how it developed, evolved, the official adoption, and why it never worked out with other single moms he dated. We even dived into the bitter baby mama and bitter baby daddy drama, shared a little bit more on how our relationship grew And we shared how the decision of me being a stay-at-home mom affected me emotionally, mentally, and physically, and how it ultimately affected our marriage. We dived into the podcast and his support and the support system surrounding this podcast and so much more. But again, we can't share everything that we've endured In a matter of 25 minutes, and so this is just a snippet of it, and I hope that you guys enjoy it.
1: What do you mean? What What happens? Like, how did we all? Like, how did you? Not. How did you suddenly? grown into this mature man who now wants to be a part of my life and serious
2: life. I I, I think a key component that helped our relationship, that everything was just smooth, like there was nothing where you felt forced or rushed, so men, this is just me speaking 100% subjectively as a man, men we feel rushed or forced or there's like you know, like there's a decisive decision that needs to be made. It's either this is the ultimatum. You have to do this or do this. Like, eh, we're cool. We back out. We, you know what I mean. Like, and I've been kind of not to say putting those kind of same predicaments or feeling boxed in. And then I'm like, all right, come out. You know, um, but with her, I never felt nothing that I had to do this or this had to be it. And if anything, I kind of put pressure on myself, like, listen, like, I know the kind of person I am. I can't keep keep up with somebody and then lead them on and then turn it into nothing. Because now I've involved other entities besides her, you know, now we... But so
1: he's mature like that. Not every man is like that. Motherfucker's still in Cambridge knowing all these different entities she has and still trying to get his, okay?
2: Right, so... You know, that that falls on each person, you know what I mean? Like, what kind of character do they have? But I can say if a man feels rushed or forced, like I was talking to your friend the other day at the cookout about, you know, he's getting up there in age, and he feels like women at this point just want the idea of marriage, just want the idea of being a wife versus actually, like, building that relationship. Um... And you really have to see everybody's like bad side because everything could be cool. Like me and her, we have good times, but when they're bad, <laughs> when she's bad, it's, it's a lot it's to handle. It's bad.
1: It is, it is bad, and that's what a lot of people don't I don't think they, they they see this relationship. That's, oh my gosh, he does this, he does that. Oh, Mo, you're so lucky. I'm like, yo, he's just as lucky as I am. Like, why do you keep? And that's really how the conversation really gauged was when he said, man, you got it good in this relationship as we're laying in the bed.
2: You do. You do. Well, don't
1: you got it good? See how she always like deflects (laughs) that
2: and says that? Like, I'm not saying I don't have it good, but at the the point of the conversation was pointing Mm -hmm. out you have it good. And for example, in the past year, I've probably driven over 14 million miles <laughs> and she's probably driven eight, you know? <laughs> like I drove all the way up and back to Orlando for her to make podcasts prior to coronavirus and everything to get to show my support and interest in her podcast, drove 18 hours down, 18 hours up. She drove like a one hour total and I was like, stop because I can't even sleep. She's like, you know, and I think women do that. Women like to drive like they don't know how to drive. So the man's just like, I'll drive. Well, I
1: personally hate fucking driving. And everybody who's from L.A. knows how much everybody hates driving in L.A. So when... Danny came about, I was just loving the the vet. He loves to enjoy and he enjoys driving. So I took advantage of that. And absolutely fuck right. I don't like driving and I would rather him drive for the rest of our lives, you know. So
2: So but the, the the pull back into that, yes, I do have it good. She has it good. I'm not gonna say she has it gooder than me, but she better, probably does. Whatever. You yeah. know. But For a relationship really to work like both parties have to feel appreciated like i do a lot for her but she also does a lot for me you know and i try to remind her as much as i can like i really appreciate and whether it's a small thing or a big thing like appreciation goes a long way and this is something she taught me about that stupid love language test she made us do yeah
1: multiple times by the way because i made it I made us do it in the beginning of our relationship when we were dating, and I had him do it again after we got married, and then I had him do it again after a year of marriage because I wanted to remind each other what our love language is, so we can understand how to love one another. And my love language is my number one love language is quality time. Do you remember your number one love language? Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. So I like
2: being told that I'm appreciated and reminded and stuff like that. I don't. Need no big gifts. I don't need none of that stuff. But, you know, when she, even if my reaction doesn't feel like I'm jumping through the roof, even when she, like, pats me on the back or says, I really appreciate you, husband, today, or stuff like that. Like, it makes me feel good on the inside. And and most men ain't gonna, you know, um, admit this, but we do. We we appreciate stuff like that. There's nothing that makes a man feel better than, you know, knowing that he's appreciated by someone or someone like, The other day before I took off to fly from here to Philly, I texted all my guy friends just let them know that they're appreciated. You know what I mean? Someone out here cares. Too many times you see, like, just certain things happening in the world to where we don't check in on each other. That's why I think your podcast is great for women to give that space where they can come and talk and not feel like, and it's just me, again, my outside opinion, looking down on your podcast, like, looking in on it. To say, a lot of these women probably think they're the only ones going through this. Like, they're the only ones having this, you know, traumatizing issues or having these toxic relationships or just feel like they can't get right. But there's hundreds, if not thousands, of other people going through the same issues.
1: Oh, guys, we have a special guest. That special guest. I got a special guest for us.
2: As I'm in bed in my
1: room. I'm like, well, what kind of special guest is this? Uh, but yeah, and you know, essentially the whole purpose of me really having Danny as the first episode on this guest is because I wanted to talk about how uh, Single Mama Mary and Unorthodox Therapy came fruition, um, but also how. The support is so needed um, from your significant other. If you do have a significant other, whether you do or you don't, a community is so needed to really help guide you to become what it is that you want to do for the rest of your life, or if it's just for a moment in your life.
2: So, just to point out, and you don't—it doesn't need to be a significant other. Just you just have to have some kind of positive support system because no matter how strong someone thinks they are. There's no one in this world that takes on life by themselves. No matter how independent you are, someone has helped you along the way and helped you through the process. You might feel like, oh, I'm out here on my own. I did this. That. But if you really look back and critique your past, people have helped you along the way in some way, shape, or you know, form. So making sure you have that strong support system and just check in on people. You never know what somebody's going like to You might be having a great day, a lot of times it crosses my head, like I'll think about this person, this person, and I don't send them a the text. And I don't and I'm like, you know what, maybe that text could have maybe brighten their day up too, you know, it's little things like that.
1: Definitely. Absolutely. And little things like my husband surprising us in this penthouse presidential suite that he did not need to. But little things like that has reminded me how much I love my husband, how much I sometimes come off under like I underappreciate him or don't appreciate him as much or I call him out on things that kinda makes him feel terrible and you know just before us making this trip out to Cali and to Vegas we had gotten to a very tough argument. I think it's one of the toughest arguments because it lasted much longer than it should and it
2: started so subtle. I came down the steps and she just (laughs) looked so stank in the face. And Surya was sitting at her desk, like, she has, like, a little work desk down there. And, um, you know, I pick up my son, and then Mo, like, starts on a tangent. And I'm just, like, not even I'm playing with my son. And then Surya goes, are you and Mommy going to argue again? And I say, no, Surya, Mommy is not getting Meek Daddy out of character. Daddy feels great. Mommy can just talk to this wall right now. Right? Well, mommy talked to that wall for over two hours till I finally broke and, you know, gave in. So, by me breaking means I actually engaged in her. Ah, ah, ah. So, I started going back and forth. With her. We went back and forth. And next thing you know, I just wanted to go to sleep, you know. Um, I
1: had drained him, I had depleted him of everything.
2: And I went to work the next day, and she still continued. And mind you, that next day at work, I worked a 24 hour shift. So for 24 hours, I'm at work, but getting nothing but nothing. This is like number one, like women, take notes. If you really want to annoy a man and want a man not to talk back to you and say anything to you or even engage, you possibly block and delete your number. Write that man a 17 page (laughs) paragraph via text message. 99.9% out of men, don't read that message. You see a lot of times she said what do I do, I just delete the whole text thread. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm
1: tight as shit because I'm like, yo, like I didn't really need you to read
2: that. No, nobody's reading that Look at that. No one. All the men out there can relate. No one is reading through that. Um Yeah, and it got to a point where on the second half of my twenty four hour shift, I just, you know, she was calling me and I just explained to her, like, listen, like at that point I was drinking I didn't have nothing. And um you know, I just spoke very honest and I just told her how depleted I was and you know, it it, it was it was a bad time prior to coming out here.
1: Yeah, after four days.
2: And I was at the point where I was fine with it, keep lasting because I was just mentally drained. And women, I'm telling you, you got a strong man <laughs> sometimes just Every other week, having whether it's like small issues or whatever, like they just slowly just start taxing. And there was a point where I got to, like, I just wanted to say not something hurtful to like make her hurt, but I had to say like the truth to maybe open her eyes, you know. And I didn't say it while I was at work, but
1: he did say it. I said the next next day, it was 100% the truth. He said,
2: Do you guys want to know
1: what he said? <laughs> My mic fell off, but do you guys want to know what he said? Do you guys want to hear what he said to me? That was like one of the most hurtful things, but because it was semi true,
2: you can say it because I know you remember it. Well,
1: of course, I remember that. You nut? And you said it to me. You said it too. Shit. He said to me. I hate to say it to you, but this is probably why you've been single for so long. I was single for 10 years prior to meeting Danny. And when Danny said that to me, that broke my fucking heart. And it broke my heart not because he said it, but it broke my heart because, you know, he made me feel in that moment like as if, like, well, I'm so unhappy. That this is the reason why you are single for so long. Because nobody
2: wants to put up with that shit. Nobody. That's exactly what I said. Nobody wants to put up with that shit to where every other week it feels like it's just another like stupid pointless argument. It's just another set of like like me and a close friend of mine. You know, a lot of us men apparently when we we talk to each other, there's a lot of similarities. I don't know what it is with you women, but. You know, there's, like, just maybe in your head it's just, like, a way of life, you know what I mean? Like, the, the, you know, start, like, pointless arguments at times or see us downstairs in our man cave playing the game and just want to, like, just nitpick on stuff. And then when we give you a certain reaction, somehow we're the bad guys. It's just, it's just, It's just a crazy circle of life.
1: I wanted to really dive into the beginning stages of our relationship, which was, you know, the the father part. Like, how did you, for those who don't know, let me just fast forward really fast. Danny officially adopted Syria, um, 2019 of December. So Syria is officially a McCarty, and we are all McCartys. And, you know, that's a blessing because we, we also talked earlier a little bit about how Danny is eight years younger than I am and how I kind of dismissed him initially because I was like, what can he do for me? He's such a young man, this, that, and a third, yet here he is, you know, three years later. We're married. We have, he adopted Surya. We have a son together. And now we have a little, little itty-bitty one on the way very soon. But I really want to dive into, because a lot of the listeners really want to listen in on, you know, what made you make the decision that I'm going to now want to marry this woman who now has who a child, because it wasn't too long ago, it was months ago, that you were <coughs> dating someone who probably did have a child, and mm. you never took them serious.
2: Because there was a situation before I met you, yeah, and she... Introduced me to her son um, And obviously I was a friend, you know what I mean? And he was, I want to say he was the same age at the time as Sue, he was like 5 or 6 <coughs> But I just it, just, it just didn't mesh Like I didn't, I couldn't see myself, you know, whatever, maybe I just Again, I wasn't mature enough at that time. Um, With our situation, it just how great me and you were and talking every day and just everything that we went through in that quick, short period of time that felt like an eternity. I think it just got to a point where I was just like, you know, this is something I want. And that doesn't, like that doesn't deter me her having, a child already, like, like, I guess I've reached that level of maturity where I wanted this person and there was nothing else that was gonna, you know, turn me away. Um, but if you remember, there was a lot of times where I didn't, I felt uncomfortable putting myself in a position to where, you know, I was forcing myself in the situation. With Syria, you know what I mean. Like even
1: I'm gonna show you guys a screenshot as he's saying this. He sent me a screenshot. He sent me a text message, um, and he told me that he was on FaceTime with Syria, and this is really early on in our relationship. And he said, "I really wanted to tell Syria I love her, but it was so hard." I, I was so afraid that she would have rejected me and not say anything back, and I didn't know how she would take it, so I just didn't say it at all. And It was beautiful. It was such a beautiful text message, and you know? it was just like, for me, it meant so much to me as a single mom. It meant so much to me that he even wanted to take the initiative to say and do something like that, because that just made me know that he was truly invested in me, truly invested in us. and. That for
2: me was just everything. I think a scare tactic for me with in our situation was there's obviously someone that was in the picture prior to me that you know helped create that child, and as much as I knew you, there's always another side to the story. And coming from the past that I come from, where I have friends or you know colleagues that have bitter baby moms and I've seen it firsthand so where they physically like don't allow the dad to show up or you know really put everything on them and maybe you know that father just doesn't even want to deal with that headache so he doesn't put up such a fight um so it was like I don't want to come try to step into this pitch and, and there somehow This guy that's out here that's been trying to be in the picture, but you're being a bitter baby mom for everything. I mean, we had this conversation. Right, right. Um, But I felt I did as much as I could in my due diligence to try to, you know, see that other side. And, you know, that's one thing that I feel does scare some men away to where they, like I said before, like there's a, there's a variable out there that they don't, they, they want to deal with you, but then there's also kids, and there's also that kids, you know, uh, biological father and stuff like that. Like, Do they really want to take on that full responsibility? So it is a lot to take in. So you can't say, oh, he's not mature enough to, you know, um, I, don't, I don't want to go off topic with this, but it just, everything just became genuine to more and more of me and you being together. And I remember that time we went to D.C. the whole family um and I, I think she drew was she drew a picture or it was something well the one time I flew back from California Philly, like she drew a picture and she included me in the picture right. and that was that made me feel like you know but then something happened when we went to D.C. and she explained that We were trying to talk about, like, possibly you coming out to Philadelphia, and, you know, she brought up that, you know, she would want to be there, too, and, you know, it was just, it was a lot, Um, but it was a lot of good that it just happened, and I hate to say it, not every situation is going to be like ours. Um, There's going to be different trials and tribulations and everything, but ours had trials and tribulations. He had a
1: lot, actually, and... We will wait for another episode for this one, but definitely we. And that was the conversation I was having with my girlfriend last night off camera, is that people don't realize that me and Danny have gone through so much. We've gone through just as much trauma, issues, everything in the span of four months than someone who would have something in five years.
2: I think people like a a lot of my guy friends will be like, "I'm not ready for no relationship. I'm not," you know what I mean? And I look at them and I'm like, "Well." Well, why aren't you ready for a relationship? Like, And I think what the real issue stems from is what examples do they have to look at? A relationship, a real relationship where it's genuine and both people are equally yoked actually uplifts you. Like, there's so many positives that have come from my life from the moment I've met this woman to I know I wouldn't be in a lot of positions that I am in right now if it wasn't for her coming into my life. And not saying, like, she made me or she told me or like it just like it was just a whole different movement that came from me being in this relationship and
1: and i feel the same way like i wouldn't be where i'm at in my life right now working for danny and you know i prayed for danny i really legitimately prayed for this man and he came in every character trait that i requested from god when i got on my knees 2017 this man came in the full flesh realizing the support he gives me the interest he takes in my podcast and what it is that i'm trying to do for the community of women i don't need to have him tell me he's proud of me but i value his opinion so much and i just want him to like being an executive this the third to now being a stay-at-home mom and raising my children and being a wife and, you know, doing my podcast and trying to make something of myself to feel of value because I feel like, and this is really the essential part of why I really wanted to have this particular episode is because as a stay-at-home mom, we feel so unvalued. We are the most devalued position. When I meet you know. a woman and I just tell her, oh, I'm a stay-at-home mom, she doesn't look at me with this high level of, oh, my gosh, you're just, just oh, you do this. They just think you don't do shit. But you you have to raise these beautiful children to be stellar human beings and stellar adults. And so being a stay-at-home mom is so important when you are raising your children to be the best that they can be. But we are the most devalued position in all of America. Essentially, why I wanted to have this particular conversation really was to talk about why I felt like I needed to... (laughs) feel good about myself like i'm doing something but i am doing something i'm doing something for the community i'm doing something for mental health i'm doing something that makes me feel good about what it is that i'm spreading in the world and to have a partner who literally supports you from inception to now taking interest full interest in your endeavors it's is a beautiful feeling when you have that kind of support because I wouldn't have been able to do this. I wouldn't have been able yeah. to be here if it wasn't for this man that, who has supported me along the way, along this journey because he knows how depression, PPT, has affected me since my move, since my, since me coming to Philly and not having, it just, that's a whole other episode, which I'll share at a whole other episode, but um, We can't
2: get too much away in that one.
1: I know, but in this moment here, you know, I wanted to really talk about the why single mama Mary and unorthodox therapy came about and then just a little snippet of how me and my husband really came to a relationship and how he went from being a single bachelor literally just months before. And was living my life like it's golden, <laughs> my like it's golden. <laughs> to now suddenly literally suddenly just months later that he's in love with a woman from LA he takes on being a stepfather to Surya when in, when not really a stepfather but a full-on dad daddy father to Surya and to us having now another kid on the way which in total three children and mm-hmm. The doorbell rings again. Why? I just told him to go away. It hasn't been an hour.
2: It hasn't. 10th, 30th, hour. Do
1: you have any last words for our guests?
2: But No, I'm just glad, glad to be here. I'm glad you guys came to listen to me. I know that's the only reason you clicked on a video because she's all special guests <laughs> to me. You did really <laughs> what she to so. say. But so, i just wanted
1: to thank my husband for joining me on this Official first episode of Single Mama Mary and Unorthodox Therapy Special Edition How
0: This Podcast Came to Fruition. You were listening to Single Mama Mary Podcast and Unorthodox Therapy, hosted by Mama Carter. Visit us at www.singlemamamary.com or www.unorthodoxtherapy.org.